Hi, I'm Yolanda and this is Speak On. As part of our gender and identity series, we're talking about hormones and how they affect our lives. I'm joined by Amy Thompson, founder and CEO of leading women's health app and tech service, Moody, and author of the new book, Moody, a 21st century hormone guide. An important thing for everyone to know is as well, is that Amy is a massive fan of hot cross buns. And that is why I like her so much. It's an important fact for everyone to know. Welcome, Amy. How, how are you doing? So really good. Thank you so much. And I have got an absolute like fill of hot cross buns over the last month because I don't obviously live in the UK. So coming back for I've just inundated every day. So it's been great. Are you going to pack some in your suitcase to take home with you? Yeah, like a crazy person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> importing. So actually, do you know what? A very important question to ask before we get into anything else. Are you a hot cross bun purist or do you like flavoured hot cross buns? I would say I'm a bit of a purist, but not because I don't appreciate a flavoured hot cross bun, but I don't get a lot of them. And so I, I also, and it, this again feeds into what we're going to talk about in terms of what's good for your brain, body, is that I love the nostalgia of it. So the reason I love hot cross buns so much is they were so synonymous with, my mum used to make them at home and then they're just the smell, everything reminds me of the UK. And so being that I don't live here, it's really nice coming back and they're just such a sensory experience. So I go very traditional because it's, I'm all about the nostalgia that's fair enough but that is I'm a purist as well because I'm like you can't beat the real thing so you can add all this other stuff into it but I just don't think it's important (laughs) I would say I agree I concur (laughs) so how has the past kind of year been for you I mean you've got your book your book's been released obviously you're managing your app which I can only imagine is incredibly incredibly busy as well um how has everything been for you I mean, you know, on a personal level, I think everyone's um, been under a huge amount of stress, a huge amount of pressure. And ultimately, you know, one of the things that I'm very grateful for is the very science that we track on is that I understand so much about how stress is affecting my body. I understand how my cycle also affects when I'm going to feel most vulnerable and when I'm going to feel best and worst. Um, It sounds like I'm being, you know, like an evangelist for it, but genuinely that knowledge completely transformed, I think, my experience and understanding of, especially in confinement when we're being starved. And I was in confinement on my own as well, because I last year was writing the book and I was really aware of the lack of oxytocin and the lack of social hormones that I was getting just from being around other people. Um, and so was you know really really conscious to make sure that I was protecting myself where possible and also just being very mindful that I knew I was going to slip into certain lows at certain points Mm -hmm. so I've been I've been okay I've definitely had some highs and lows as everyone has I think it's really highlighted to me and this has just been apparent in both the technology from an app perspective and the book the importance that this has placed on our understanding of our health and well-being from the perspective of what we need to know about the basics of our biology to help mm-hmm. us better understand the vulnerabilities of our body, not just in our connectivity between body and mind and the fact that they are one, <laughs> but yeah. also around stress. Um, and I really, you know, it's been a really hard slog actually getting people to understand that from a funding the technology perspective get people to understand there's so much more to women's hormones than just how to get pregnant or how to avoid it yeah and I think what has been paramount in you know the mental health crisis back of COVID is the realization that hormones have such a big part to play absolutely and it's like what you were talking about there that kind of being by yourself in those periods too I because I, I live by myself so it was it it was an interesting journey over the past like kind of little bit of time with lockdown but I think because I'd been through the stuff I've been through before it kind of made the whole thing easy for me because it's like ah (laughs) definitely worse stuff has happened but again because I understand my body more I understand I can I'm listening to it more I'm understanding it more I was able to give it what it needed more and that really really helped like you were saying that connection between the mind and body and hormones it's all it's all linked isn't it it is absolutely and I think this is what, you know, there, there's a there's a lot of conversation about very technical language at the moment. And, you know, ultimately, a lot of doctors, very important, being in a very important space in terms of publicly speaking about both neuroscience and also endocrinology, which is hormone science, and obviously immunity. 
I think what hopefully we meet in the middle um, where we have, you know, we can make the academic language more colloquial, which is actually one of the things like, you know, the reason to write in the book, which I'd always had imposter syndrome about doing because I'm not a doctor, but I work with a lot of doctors, not just in endocrinology, but also in psychology, in general practice. Yeah. And what I really wanted to try and do was just make some of the language a bit easier to, to use um, yes. and easier to understand, because that was what was transformative for me and my experience. It was transformative to be able to actually have a, you know, a, a new set of words to describe phases of my month, phases of stress, but also to be able to articulate stress as something over and above just something I was feeling, the chemical yeah. reality of it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So that yeah. I, hope, I hope now there's a lot more of that happening as well, the kind of colloquial ability for us to understand our bodies. Yeah. And I think you know, it's, a, it's a great book. It's brilliantly timed. And I think it's going to be great for so many women at different stages. So tell me about your story. So the, what I know of it is that one day your period stopped and it was basically discovered that you had hormonal burnout. Like, can you like tell me more about that journey and how you started to understand your hormones? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just really important to caveat this on um, what we know within the world right now is that so much of this stuff is under-researched. And so there's a lot of people that will dismiss, you know, hormonal burnout isn't dismissed, but there's a lot of discussion around adrenal fatigue, which is often a categorization used. Doctors really don't like this category. And, and I can kind of understand why, because in a medical context, context, it's not quite right. And they like to use the right language. But I think when you when we think about our adrenal glands and how overworked they are because we live in an overstimulated environment, it makes sense actually to talk about them as being fatigued because essentially what's happening is when you're fatigued and you're overworked, mm -hmm. what's happening for glands as well is if they're overproducing the stress hormones of, of cortisol and adrenaline, which are very important hormones and often very good for us, but overstimulation creates a knock-on effect to all the other cycles that we have from sleep to metabolism to mm -hmm. menstruation. And so you know, what I was learning was not only was I going through something that was essentially triggered by stress, which, you know, when your period stop, that's almost the kind of final straw. Your body's really going absolutely no way. You've, you've ignored all the other signs and symptoms that I've tried to show you from not being able to get out of bed in the morning and then just ignoring me and getting Ubers to the station, even though you couldn't even walk to the yeah. station. Should have been a sign. Um, <laughs> ignored that. Um, yeah. You know, weight gain. But also, the, the, and I know you can kind of relate to this as well in terms of um, exercise, doing the wrong exercise for my body because I was in a stress state. And then what I was doing, because that's what the world told me to do, was go running and do high impact because, you know, you can work it out of you. And actually, yeah. all I was doing was compounding the problem of more adrenaline, more cortisol. And what I needed to do was lay down, stop drinking coffee. <laughs> Not, yeah. This is, this is incredibly like but boiling it down very rudimentally, but essentially yeah. doing the opposite of high impact push and actually start to take more time to be restful. But what I realized was we've designed an entire world where rest is a privilege and a luxury and something that we are not conditioned to accept as important for ourselves, mm -hmm. and especially as women. And yet our entire menstrual cycle is designed around high impact energy in the first half versus rest in the other half. And yet we don't think about our lives like that because we've been essentially conditioned to, to go into the world around this idea. You get up every day, you perform in exactly the same way, you go to sleep and you get up again. And that's not how our bodies work. That's not how rhythms work. And for women particularly who operate not around a, a daily testosterone cycle, which is men's cycles, but around these four phases of our menstrual cycle as a menstruating person, why is it that we've built this whole world of, of stress where we don't even understand the baseline of, of when in our healthy bodies to pull and push ourselves, let alone when we're kind of oversaturated and full of stress hormones. So my burnout was not new. Most people, most people actually in, in an epidemic of stress, you know, most people are burning out. Um, but what I found really interesting was just the lack of knowledge I had the reason I burnt out was I built a business in my 20s which was very successful mm -hmm. and I'd been traveling all over the world and I was like hang on I've been told that success is how I get past my biology yeah. <laughs> but actually all that it did was make me realize oh I am absolutely not infallible and I have been not taking care of myself and we're told you know this was in 
you know, the early 2000s, mid, mid 2000s, sorry, in 2011 was when I started the business mm-hmm. and burnout hit in 2016. You know, at that point in time, you have to remember wellness was happening, but it was all around pushing yourself. There, there was no discussion of, you know, rest meditation wasn't even big then you know this is this is all new language that we're starting to realize is important Hmm. and at that point we also now need to understand that hormones play a very very important rationale for why meditation or these things which are more low impact are as important as the stuff when you're wanting to do a marathon or or whatever else it is it's the kind of balance of high and low so my my burnout came from very obvious things in hindsight but it wasn't an easy diagnosis so I went to the doctors a lot of doctors gave me very scary information because it was my period stopping was the symptom mm-hmm. so when that happens it can be a, it can be many different things and they're absolutely yeah. right to explore those options but when when stress is the last thing on their list below cancer infertility you know <laughs> the stuff yeah. that essentially causes you probably the most amount of stress and, and rightly so it's scary you you get more stressed again so what I think is really important for people to to understand is hormones are something we don't want to be self-diagnosing but they are important to understand our mental physical health and they are important to a lot of the why wellness and this well-being kind of reality is important for us to involve in our in our daily lives yeah absolutely I mean I relate so like so much to, to everything you said there in terms of the I have had that point where I didn't have a hormonal burnout there were other things that were happening to me so like when you're talking about like how hormones affect your metabolism as a per I literally gained weight I remember there was just one month and I just piled it on my the stress and what stress did to my body I couldn't sleep I couldn't think I couldn't remember anything my memory was shot to pieces because I wasn't sleeping and it was just I on my I have a Fitbit and my Fitbit how high my resting heart rate was, was, Mm. was insane. It went from being, my resting heart rate was like, it would go from 58 to 63, because it was like at that, that point in terms of fitness, everything else, that's a really good level to be at. And Mm. then when everything like kind of happened, um, I remember the day that the, the first kind of person was taken into hospital at the beginning of that kind of grief cycle, I'll call it, or grief um, kind of, I suppose, moment, um, my heart rate just general heart rate leapt up into the fat burning zone Mm. and it stayed there for 14 hours for Mm. like for 14 hours and it was literally something like 130 something beats per minute and I I can go back through my old my stats now and see over time where it was just my actual just heart rate just stayed so high for so long and then my resting heart rate went from being 58 to 63 to being 89 and it was there for wow. ages yeah and I and all that what all that did to my hormones what that did to my body what that did to my mind it was just breaking my body down and it yeah. was when I started with my personal trainer Lawrence that's when he was like yeah your hormones are all over the shop hun <laughs> and this yeah. is what we're gonna do to help you sleep and this is and no you're not gonna like you were saying with exercise you're not gonna exercise like this you do use different energy systems for different things. We're not going to stress your body out and that whole thing. And that's what kind of get me, got me on that journey of understanding it a little bit more. And it's so important that we know this, but as you said, there's like with, when it comes to women's health, it's woefully under-researched. It is. And, and it's, it's, it's under-researched and under-integrated into education. The fact that we know more about photosynthesis and how a plant takes energy from the sun than we do about how our hormones work is a gross failing on a, on a global scale. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, the, exactly what you just said there about sleep. I think, you know, we have been conditioned to almost think about all these different things as separate entities, but these, the, our body is rhythmic. And around what we do have as a 24-hour cycle is our, we're diural animals. So we operate well and metabolize in daylight. And then at night, our bodies essentially restore, recover. And the reason that our bodies need that time is that, you know, there's a finite chemical balance inside your body that every day needs the energy to operate your brain, your body, your organs. And it is the hormone triggers that allow your body to know how to slip into day to night. And when you're stressed and your brain is awake, because the the primal response there is that the adrenaline and cortisol that's coming from pain, grief, stress is keeping you alert and awake for danger. Because what your 
what that response is is to protect you from the danger around you and whatever that might be and so your body's inability to then allow for your uh, pineal gland which is what releases melatonin which is what happens when we sleep is disrupted but also what happens when we are overly stressed is temperature changes and what we also know is that the key things for our sleep cycle to kick in properly is light levels so which is why a lot of shift workers and a lot of um, people that work through the night they tend to have a lot of problems with metabolism as well and then kind of regulating sleep is because you know knowing that it's sundown and knowing a certain point will be when your brain and body start to shift gear and different processes happen to release the hormones that you need for sleep Mm -hmm. and if your light levels if you're consuming loads of blue light or you're you know working outside of those days or you're just pumped full of adrenaline and cortisol so you're just zinging and basically um your your body isn't regulating temperature heart rate or any of the things or light levels to be able to know what it needs to do next Mm -hmm. so i think it was just this realization of you know why is it that it takes getting to the point of burnout or getting to the point of extreme grief and having such a profound impact on our body's inability to operate that we're learning this? Yeah. And, you know, some, some people, in fact, some of the criticism even of, of things is that, you know, I tend to be quite basic, but I can only really talk to my own experience of realising I didn't know this information on a basic level. And as a woman, I felt really stupid and I felt very ashamed actually that I didn't know it, but at no point did anyone sit me down and share it with me. And I think the common theme that even if we just take it back to the basics, it's okay if some people are way more advanced, that's good for them to be way more advanced. Mm -hmm. But a lot of women especially are not, and we're not being given this and we're only being given it at the point that something's terribly wrong, by which point it can take a long time to actually help your body heal and recover. Because yeah. once those chemicals are in your body, they are there and your body has beautiful systems to, to, to flush out, whether it be through crying, sweating, <laughs> you know, <laughs> organs like the liver and, liver and kidneys. And what we've done is we've not understood those either. So, yeah. you know, even crying, I find bizarre, you know, crying is an incredible way to to essentially detoxify stress hormones and, and release emotion. And yet we've stigmatized it as something yeah. that shows weakness. And the first thing often people say when someone's crying is, how can I help you stop crying? Yeah. And actually what we should be saying is, and some people say obviously let it out, which is very much what we should be encouraging people to do, but we should be encouraging everyone to cry as much as possible. It's very healthy to cry um, because it releases the very stress that, especially if you're in grief again, which is what we were coming back to before, it, and it's just really interesting how society has created strange illogical reference points for things that are very important functionally for our body to be healthy yeah absolutely i mean yeah that's everything that you're saying there is about making we do need to find a way to help people understand the basics of that and even things like when it comes to fitness the only thing i really knew beforehand just from loving fitness before i remember it was years and years and years ago this was I spoke to you know Chloe Maidley um yeah yeah. this was way before she kind of is like I suppose the fitness for not like kind of has the fitness platform she does now when she was a PT um I was in contact with her then because I was going to start training with her um and this was actually prior to all this stuff happening to me and at that point I was like okay like what can I do blah blah just like to get on track and she actually said oh sleep and water is like yeah. one of the main things that you can do like for yourself, for your hormones, for your metabolism, et cetera. And that was the one thing, because that was the, the end of our conversations because literally shortly after life changed, I really kept, I kept that in my head. And so throughout it, that was the only way I think I got to the point where I wasn't completely burning out. So even though I knew I wasn't sleeping because I had insomnia, I was trying my very best to, <laughs> and very, like very best to be relaxed. Even if I just lay in my bed in the dark, there were things that I was doing, but there were, it would have been so good to understand more about that. And then my PT actually told me to get those blue light glasses also get off your phone after a certain point all that kind of basic stuff helped um so i can imagine like obviously with um you know you've got the moody monthly app as well which is dope um which i've signed up to i love it um what is it how can you like explain it to listeners and why did you create the app because like how did how did you get from this has happened to me here are all these things we don't understand to i know i'm gonna make an app (laughs) i mean (laughs) 
the short story because we don't have all day is that I think what I realized was that there was really huge amounts of bias within the world around the experience of health and well-being being designed around this 24-hour cycle and around performance Mm -hmm. and everyone getting up every day and doing the same thing and running in this and trying to beat your PB and trying to perform at this high intensity level and I when I found out how women's bodies um or female bodies I should also say work because you know we also can talk a little bit about gender here in terms of that in a second but when we're talking about the female kind of um endocrine system and people who menstruate we're talking about the reality that you know the whole wellness industry was designed around this idea of performance and actually why do we want to be well and that is to feel good and be more productive and be you know without sounding too cheesy the best version of ourselves by performing at this ideal kind of athletic level we're not doing ourselves a service and most athletes even use you know this hormonal science to train and yet you know we're being prescribed in the kind of wellness consumer space the wrong information about how these things operate unless we do have nutritionists and personal trainers so I just found it so wild that the whole world had been designed around this idea of a male experience and around this idea of performance, getting up every day performing. Because there is some truth to the fact that testosterone cycles for men, it is their metabolism, you know, their sleep cycles, they do operate on much more of a 24 hour cycle. It's not as simple as that. And, you know, this isn't the time to talk about that necessarily, but yeah. for, for, for me, what I realized was my experience was so baseline you know yes burnout but there was this whole spectrum that almost every single woman every single person who menstruates has had an experience where this has come into play this understanding of change but having no language around it so that was one massive like realization and then for me personally I would you know I built this business the the one thing that burnt me out was a hugely successful business in in a in an agency model Mm -hmm. and I was working with Nike and I was working with Apple and and, you know all these amazing brands in the kind of early doors uh, fitness health and well-being space and I realized that for me one of the things that that knowledge and that experience had taught me was I had the capacity to go and really build technology in the space through my network Mm -hmm. and I needed to just do it just do it oh my gosh I sound like I'm literally watching that's hilarious I'm so indoctrinated but it was true I was like god I hear this all the time I need to crack on so went on and just did it um and then just kind of felt like there was this huge underserved market I think what my naivety of cool okay I've burnt out I've learned all this stuff I need to build technology um you know the need the want but reality was that you know most people were way way less informed about why it was important you know taking brands you know periods weren't even talked about this is 2016 right Mm. so you know it's not like now where you open every newspaper and people are talking about you know the injustice of how the world has been designed not without the experience of women and so technology at that point people just thought I was mad I think I mean I know that they did they thought I was absolutely mad and and also we have to take into consideration where periods were talked about from the perspective of technology. It was the incredible innovations that came around fertility or contraception, mm-hmm. which are also important aspects. But one that's, you know, that's they're one, not the only aspects. They're not the only aspects. Yeah. So for me, it was about, and what Moody is, is everyday health and well-being, almost like a weather forecast for your moods and symptoms connected to what is known science and also then building a tracking tool, which allows women to track their overall health and well-being, help forecast the change that might be happening across your days weeks months um even lifetime and then recommending well-being which is designed for those very changes Mm -hmm. so mental health physical health and nutrition because the other thing that i found really interesting was we kind of segmented mind and body into two segments within technology you've got you know mindfulness in one camp and physical fitness in another which is also quite bonkers as well because they're so interlinked exactly (laughs) so to me it was completely obvious it just took three years to get anyone else to think that so <laughs> yeah yeah it was, it was a really in the first phase it was you know honestly it was really really hard to get people to understand that this was an important thing to be in the world and therefore it was really hard to raise money to build it because you know I, I had the privilege of building a business and, and exiting before so I had my own capital which I did self-fund a lot of it for the first phase and you know I didn't come from that it was something I built in my 20s so yeah I was like cool what I didn't know was 
the whole landscape of fundraising VCs and then I started to get into that space and I was like wow this is crazy the reason that this doesn't exist is the people that are funding all the technology in the world are a bunch of white men yeah oh yeah yeah it's so um, difficult to get people on board and it's like the curse of being an entrepreneur is always thinking in 2030 as well exactly. and then waiting for everybody else to get on board with you and, and it does make you a little, you do question yourself a lot. And I think what's kept me really consistent with this is just how, if we, if, if we support hundred people, I would have been, if a hundred women didn't have to go through what I went through and knew the knowledge before I was like, this is cool. But yeah. the opportunity here isn't just affecting small groups of people. It's affecting millions of women in this mm. knowledge and this baseline. And that's the intention of Moody is to just empower women to better understand their biology on a, baseline level with a view that there are so many other experiences that need to be referenced here because you know moody was designed as most technology is designed around our own experiences and we bake bias into that i wanted to build something which helped women not have to only understand burnout when they hit it but understand tracking their hormones on a daily basis but you know i'm a cisgendered woman and there are so many other experiences from a hormonal perspective that also need to be better understood and you know this whole series is about gender and you know we talk about hormones which is a very loaded experience anyway but there are other experiences within this that are important too you know you think about the trans community and the reality that no one knows their hormones better than those that are on hormone replacement therapies and you know coming through the depression and experience of being in you know essentially in, in a body that doesn't feel right and the yeah. The reality of these important experiences that's not my experience and it's not for me to describe but it's important that we start to just open the conversation that there are experiences outside our own that need to be supported by technologies and that we need to stop thinking about technology as a way to just commoditize data and sell people more stuff and start yeah. to really understand everyday health and well-being so we can just be more optimal as people yeah. Absolutely. I'm biased, but I think yeah. hormones are a very, very important, very important part of unifying mental, physical health yeah. for people. Yeah, I mean, same, I'm biased as well, because I think because we've both been on the other side of that. And it'd be great if other people didn't have to. It'd be great if people didn't have to make that journey, because I like I, I'm sure for you as well. It's not fun on the other side of that space. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like and also trying to normalize in air quotes normalize again and get back to that it's not even a very a short it's, it's a long journey too it took so many years for me to not to for my insomnia to go and for my body to sort itself out and also having to do things like go on really specific kind of like diets had to change my nutrition had to change all these things just to shift back to my baseline normality and that was really hard work as well so it would have been it, was, it would it would have been great to know some of these things beforehand so I could just essentially just as a part of self-care I feel like this is like an essential part of self-care understanding mm -hmm. this about yourself and you made a really good point there it's like people who are you know people who are trans and going through that I suppose hormone replacement therapies and everything else and also like women who are going through the menopause and everything there's all these different things and people have all these questions and then they go to they have to go to a GP or a doctor, which is again, at the moment, mainly men, not really understanding everything in, a, in an area that's under research. It can be really, it can be a lot. So it would be good for people to feel like an element of, I don't know, exactly. not control, participation in their health. Exactly. And it's this reality that we, it's really intimidating. Like this mm. stuff is really intimidating. It's scary. And it's also really scary for people to talk about it publicly because, you know, we, we don't want to get stuff wrong and we don't want to be wrong. So we'd prefer to just say, actually, I don't know. So can the doctor tell me? But yeah. the reality is that, you know, whoever you are, if you're experiencing something that's abnormal, the first thing to do is identify that if you think it's abnormal, then it's abnormal. But mm -hmm. it's about repetition and, and pattern recognition. So mm -hmm. if you go to your doctor and you say, I this once they're going to tell you to go away yeah. and track it and that was the other thing about creating tracking technology that that felt safe and talked to an audience like a lot of tracking health tracking is again either designed around performance and, and fitness or it's designed around this idea of you know tracking heart rate and, and reporting back to you whereas it's not really designed with this kind of conversation around a female for, for us it was this kind of you know 
a, a woman talking to a woman and then tracking and understanding so that when you do then go back to your doctor three months later with more information mm-hmm. you can say no 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 this is exactly when it's happening this yeah. is what's phasing my cycle this is my cycles previously would were, were regular now they're irregular this mm-hmm. is this is what time of year those irregularities started and just feeling like you go into the room with feeling prepared and feeling mm-hmm. enabled by that information because really knowledge is power in this but we have spent so much time dismissing ourselves and our experiences because yeah. we haven't been given that information or the confidence to articulate it properly yeah and like that's and that's a really good point that I didn't even think about that the the ability it will give you to advocate for yourself when you need to and particularly there are we actually have a show coming up talking about gender gender inequalities in health and how so much of women's health is like is, is again it's, it's not looked into absence from medical trials and obviously the main focus being on men's health for centuries um yeah. We, we're going to be talking about that and then actually having this information, how it allows you to go in and be prepared. And particularly as a black woman, I know that when I go to doctors, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not leaving until you look at this properly or I will go to the paper and kick up. I'll burn this whole building down unless you see me properly. Yeah. I have to kind of go to extremes yeah. to get someone to pay attention to me. So to be able to have something even clearer, to be able to present to people and say, well, let me open up the folder and show them that is I think that's such an empowering tool a hundred percent and I I, you said it exactly right there it's like we're not just dealing with gender bias we're dealing with racial bias as well and Mm -hmm. the the reality it was actually there's an amazing book I'm sure like you may have read it um by Dr Angela Saini called Inferior Mm -hmm. um and it's it's more about gender specific bias within science and actually even she talks about how hormones were originally you know understood and created which is in the early 20th century um to prove masculinity as dominance because testosterone made you strong and estrogen made you emotional right so if if you just unpack that we start to realize and then you think about how almost this science was used to reinforce the very systematic bias of our experiences and then when you again think about the reality that that was you know detrimental to women but when you then think about the systemic racism that's been integrated into that too it's it you really start to understand that these systems are not things that we can just accept as being able to walk into a doctor's surgery it's like it's not been set up for the success of people it's been set up for a success of a very few and limited amount of people and then everyone else feels intimidated at various levels mm-hmm. and I think that was one of the important things also in the book, you know, again, it's not my experience, but I wanted to interview women that it was their experience. And, you know, Sashan Ferran Joseph, who has an amazing platform called The Womb Room, um, she and her experience of having both PCOS and endometriosis and, you know, as a black woman being dismissed so often in pain and being dismissed so often in something that in in white women endometriosis affects one in ten in in black women it's one in three and yet it's so often this thing of oh well it's ignored or it's then diagnosed late and I I just I it it brings me so much like that anger you can turn into something but I think again it's exactly as you said it's about saying this isn't fair and it's not okay and how can we start to give people the language and the tools wherever they need to at least feel prepared yeah yeah it's it it really is unbelievable and it's actually one of the things that I hope is beginning to be more apparent to the doctors because there's also a bit of a divide between doctors saying that this technology which often isn't produced by doctors Mm -hmm. but it's designed with doctors certainly what we designed but then certain general practitioners dependent on who your doctors are saying but now starting then you know doctors starting to realize that actually these things and these tools can be supportive and actually can help with the very bias that has existed and and they're not the only ones trying to solve these problems like there are things out there that can be supportive absolutely and I mean at the the my younger sister she starts her medical degree and so does my one of my young cousins they start their medical degree in September and they both want to be doctors and when my dad was going around doing all the different tools with them he was like oh he was like it's brilliant I love doing the tools he was like there was there were like there was like 85 percent women in every or girls at that point because they were in sixth form girls in every in all of these kind of things in every medical school they went to in every course and he was like the future of medicine is female and that's that's great that's gonna change everything for women um and um, this makes me really excited and it's so good that there are things 
like Moody app and all these other apps, all these other things that are gathering your information, allowing you to understand your body, that will make, hopefully make that an easier transition until all the male doctors are thrown away. No, I'm joking. Until there are, <laughs> until there are more female doctors um, and female identifying doctors that understand what's what's happening in our bodies. The other thing that's really important about women going into these spaces and, and you know, a, a much more kind of diverse spectrum of women is safety in seeing yourself, but also in technology, it's really, really important to also, I think for a lot of people to understand that there are technologies out there that are selling data and it's not a safe space for you to always share and I do think it's also really important for people to understand that you know all the female founders that have founded things that in this space are really doing a lot of work around data protection and making sure that data is never sold and oh, that's good. this is about building safe spaces for people to share what they're feeling and what they're tracking without the business model being you know selling your data to Unilever or, or brands to be able to work out when you're most likely to buy their products this is about saying we will recommend well-being and health there has to be a business model to keep technology going it's like if if there is no clear business model in an app or whatever technology you're using know outright that what their business model is is your data so yeah. if you can't work out you know and instagram is the best example right everyone knows that the way that instagram works is by algorithms for, for advertising but in in any product that you're using that doesn't have a clear business model or route always question where that data is going and yeah. and make sure that you you know I, I say this from my own perspective some people really don't care mm -hmm. but I do think it's an, an important factor for kind of protecting women's health more broadly in the future as well yeah oh, that's a good point thank you for sharing that um so you've just released Moody a 21st century hormone guide and it's had it's had praise from doctors specialists and lots of women it's a great book who should buy this book? Who would benefit most from it? So it's written from my experience and it's very central to this around what was the science that I didn't know that completely transformed my understanding of happiness, productivity, sex, yeah. <laughs> relationships, who yeah. I go out with, why. Um, you know, it really, the science really did change my life for the better. Um, and, you know, I have to say it is, it, you know, I'm a cisgendered woman. I think it's designed for cisgendered women and, and people who menstruate potentially might get some value, but I think certainly um, as a kind of focal point. But I think it's really important to also state that, you know, this is why I think there's even more importance around more of these books being written about experiences, you know, from different points of view, not because the only people that can write books about science have to be doctors, but because lived experience and sharing experiences is really, really core to highlighting the areas of science that are under research. So, you know, a lot of what's come out of the discussions around hormonal health and even the work that Moody does is saying, okay, how do we create better facilities to research these things that don't rely on money from pharmaceuticals? Because the reason that women's hormones from a cisgender perspective um, are so well researched is around the contraceptive. So the contraceptive and HRT or hormone replacement therapy for menopause, these are multi-billion dollar industries. And so we also need to research things that might not have a pill at the end. So yeah. You know, one of the big challenges, if you track back a lot of research and where it comes from, is that there is a pharmaceutical end. Whereas because you can't cure hormonal burnout with a pill, mm -hmm. this is often one of the reasons that it's so under-researched because yeah. all these things yeah. are business models. <laughs> so yeah, if yeah. we want to try and really, really break through in terms of mental physical health research, we need to start to think of other ways to fund the research that doesn't rely on, on pharma. Yeah. And it's, I think a lot of people don't think about the link between capitalism and health outside of the model in the US where or other countries where, where uh, medicine is paid for. Yeah. They don't think about it and it exists here as well. 100%. And I'm a huge believer in pharmaceuticals. I don't I'm not anti-pharma. I think yeah. you know, it's really important that we have these incredible drugs to help. You know, they've changed the human experience for the better yeah. in the majority of cases, but yeah. it's about choice. And I think the problem is that even within take the contraceptive, for example, the only drug we take just because 
and it's a very powerful drug. We don't take it on the basis of any blood work or saliva tests. We just take whatever our doctor gives us. Yeah. Taking synthetic hormones, progesterone or, or estrogen changes your mind and your body. Like mm-hmm. just think about how much it changes across your cycle anyway. So I think what also needs to happen is just people better understanding what to ask for and what to push back on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we don't rely on pharmaceuticals to be the only kind of answer, especially in environments that actually thinking about stress, anxiety disorders, you know, where there are things that we can do in, in our everyday health and well-being to support ourselves. But we just need better research as to, to what are the best things for all kinds of bodies, yeah. rather than again trying to homogenize everything into, well, this is for men or this is for women. It's like mm-hmm. that's not the experience of humans. There's so many more nuances. Yeah. So the, my point there, sorry, is that, you know, the, the pharmaceutical industry plays a very, very important role in chronic illness, but chronic illness isn't the only kind of illness and preventative health and the future of preventative health can be a very empowering and very big future and technology can play a role in that. But yeah. it, it needs to happen now and it is yeah. happening, but we need to accelerate that by everybody getting on board with educating themselves about how their bodies work. Absolutely. I think that one of the the things that is going to come out of this period of time that we've been in is that need for people to start understanding more. And I mean, obviously, it's been a shaky time. It's been a crazy time. It's not everyone is having the same experience. But I think that the benefits are one, we know who is running the country and what 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 the different MPs jobs are. And also, we are starting to understand that we personally also need to find out information how it affects us. um, And obviously, identify fake information, all that kind of fun stuff. But hopefully, I hopefully, going forward people will understand this particularly when it comes to health because this year so much of it has been it's basically the whole thing is about health and it's making people start to look at themselves and how their their bodies and minds have changed during this period of time and I, i'm with you on on pharma it's just it's just be nice if they were just like a little bit less trash about doing the work they did <laughs> yeah I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not like. Yeah. You know, I know, I know you're not. But it's just that thing where it's like, I, I believe in it as well. And we say to people, well, yeah, I believe in it. It's like, yeah, I just wish they were less trash about doing the things they were doing. That's all I want. Then yeah. don't need to be patents on things. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. But that's an that's an episode. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. it's the reality. And it, you know, I think you don't have to. The problem is we we polarize everything. It's like you're either pro farm or you're against it. You're either yeah. in wellness and therefore you've gone full only eating organic you know veganism like you, you don't have to live in these polarities like we yeah can, we there's can a spectrum a, there's a spectrum and there's a yeah. happy in the middle where we can just go I am asking the right questions to help myself be the best version of me and this is yeah. the information that I want to learn about and I want to understand mm-hmm. and therefore the experts that I choose to surround myself with are the people that are best for my mind and body because I've done the work on understanding myself yeah and that's really all we can ask um mm. but yeah the this idea that the whole world is split into very extreme camps is is also quite overwhelming i think at times and so i hope that absolutely we find a very <laughs> a very nice middle ground where absolutely. we yeah we can yeah. all communicate a bit better <laughs> absolutely oh my gosh i couldn't agree more on that um and what facts about hormones are people most surprised by when you when they realize oh like you've got this app oh you've written this book what kind of, I don't know, are there any kind of hormone facts that you like to drop on people to surprise them? Well, the first thing is happiness is hormonal. So yeah. <laughs> the fact that stress and happiness are chemical responses, not just emotional things. Um, so I think that is just foundational to our understanding of what connects our mental physical health as well. And, and that idea that when you start to realise that hormones are so much more than why we bleed, why we ovulate and, you know, why we sleep, mm-hmm. um, I think the other thing that was really fascinating, this is just me, is is sex and relationships and and how our hormones over time change. Um, Falling in love is probably the most, you know, intense hormonal experience you're everything's new everything's fascinating and dopamine oxytocin serotonin endorphins you're getting that from just not just the newness of the relationship but also sex and all the things that come with a new relationship um and then also the reality that you know across the four phases of our monthly cycle let alone across our life cycles from puberty to menopause sex and our experience of sex changes based on our our you know growing up as a as, as a person you know experiences change and actually it comes down to this reality that your your body has these chemical reactions but also 
you learn that actually that changes even the types of you know types of people when I became single for the first time realizing that when I had a one night stand for example which I'd never had in my life until I was 30 which is very late in the day um I realized because I was also in the research phase of some of this stuff that you know I had this one night stand and it was in my luteal phase of my cycle and I was definitely again was like oh my god I think I think really I like this guy I did not like this guy it's no, just no. I was in a vulnerable just, just had a good time. Yeah. you had, had a good time, time and you were feeling a bit yeah and I was feeling a bit vulnerable and yeah. but I, I didn't know I, and I suddenly realized I was like you know if I'd have slept with this guy like three weeks earlier in my like kind of rise phase when I was like my estrogen was up and I was feeling a lot more confident I would not have thought about him again the next day <laughs> in the same way and I was like wow if we if we start to understand the implications of these experiences in terms of how we're operating and what's important to just give yourself a break and not feel so much guilt, think what women could do in the world. I mean, yeah. literally unstoppable superpowers. So I think the, the main thing is being able to tune into understanding what hormones and the understanding that can reduce the amount of guilt you feel about just the processes that are happening to you on a daily basis. Not that hormones are implicating in everything, mm-hmm. but they are a factor. And so, and that happiness, you know, love, sex, all these things are just very powerful chemical reactions. And by understanding them, we can embrace them possibly. Yeah, love that. I would say. Yeah. Um, and we, I mean, we touched on it on men very lightly earlier. Uh, do men also get moody because of hormones? Of course. Yeah. So this is the craziest thing that actually women's hormones are incredibly well researched because of, as I said, the contraceptive and HRT. You know, what, what men's hormones are often the research is very focused on the physical attributes of testosterone, you know, the, the kind of how strength, um, but also, you know, erectile dysfunction and hair loss, which again feeds very neatly into pharmaceutical research. But mm-hmm. men's mental health, um, really under-researched in relation to hormones actually and you know if you think about it women's hormones are very denoted by their fertility cycles to a certain extent of you know you stop being able to have kids and therefore you're menopausal but men's testosterone depletes at 45 so women often start to experience changes in estrogen um, around 45 or potentially younger, but 45 tends to be an average benchmark. Men, almost exactly the same mark or a few years later, have a decline in testosterone. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you that if your hormones change, and anyone that's taken the contraceptive will know this too, when your hormones change, it has an impact on your emotional, physical health. So when we're talking about, you know, men having midlife crisis at 45 and you know, going off the rails their hormones are changing but no yeah. one's bothered to research it they've just gone oh men have midlife crisis mm-hmm. <laughs> and women have menopause and you're like yeah. cool glad that we've got that straight and <laughs> just left it at that yeah. <laughs> and didn't think to do any more um so I think that, you know again it's because you don't cure it with a medical solution and I think men there is a big piece of this with male hormone cycles that probably does need a huge amount of focus but I think for now my work (laughs) and what I really believe is is helping women unlock the science so they can use it a bit more functionally in their everyday lives because if the science has been there and researched and done by pharmaceuticals to make money for women why not women start to use the science to just be more optimal and change the world so that really is where I think we start (laughs) I love that awesome so to to wrap up I've got two more questions so the first one is, you say there is a secret inside you, which once you understand it fully, has the capacity to unlock untold potential. Once you learn the science of your hormones, you will be able to harness it forever. I love that so much. What's one of the advantages and things that you could unlock knowing about your hormones? What's like a really cool thing I can do by knowing more about my hormones? Oh, I think for me, it's productivity. Happiness and productivity. (laughs) So two things that we seemingly strive for in life endlessly, but uh, struggle with, I think. And when you start to realize that the way that your body works has has an effect on your productivity, your energy levels, your ability to show up in the world optimally every day, you start to also then not push yourself endlessly to try and be more productive when your body is telling you to chill. Yeah. So productivity by tuning in to when to pull push and understanding why resting and taking time downtime is as good for your body as pushing it and and when to do that mm-hmm. um and then for me it's happiness you know like when you start to understand this stuff you start to realize that happiness not 
and you know, no one sits in the happiness state. You don't live in the euphoric experience of life where everything's just magical and shiny and full of daisies every day. Yeah. In equal measure to happiness, sadness is important too. But when you understand that sadness, stress are chemical and happiness is chemical, you understand that having a balance of all these things helps your body overcome. So when sadness becomes too much or overwhelming and burns us out, it's because we're not doing anything to evoke joy because yeah. we're told to sit and be sad or we're told to just try and pretend we're not sad mm -hmm. and it's like we just need to understand that there's a balance at play and genuinely for me the transformation was realizing that it was chemical and yeah. we talk a lot about the extremes with depression being chemical and, and now that's starting to land with people but so is just everyday existence like you turn mm -hmm. up every day and all those chemicals are still inside your body if you are suffering from clinical depression then it's because your chemical balances are off and I think it's going to help the future world to really understand mental illness and mental health in a completely different light as well. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Okay. And then last one, what myths would you like to bust about hormones? What is there something that people believe and you're like, this isn't, this isn't true. The fact that your hormones essentially are designed around this idea you get up every day and they just reset. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're the same. Um, you know, the, the reality is that all these environmental factors affect how your hormones operate. Um, and I think the fact that most people understand that there is estrogen for women and testosterone for men. Mm -hmm. um, and the idea that, you know, we're all a, a chemical balance of all these different things. And, you know, especially when it comes to and exactly as your series and, and theme is around gender, it's like there's a spectrum. Everyone's chemical balance is different, but it doesn't make you more female or male it just means that you, you need to understand what your pattern is and therefore how you understand your pattern to get the best from the happy hormones that you need to evoke and whatever it is you need to do to be able to to rhythmically tune into that is spending some time understanding what's working what's not working what makes you happy what makes you sad and tracking it and again I'm biased in this but there's a lot more things you can do if you hit extremes with blood work and all that other kind of biometric data, but mm -hmm. just coming back to the basics of we're all on the spectrum of hormones as well. Yeah. And you are the best person to understand how to best tune in and best track it. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Amy. Um, where can we find everything online? The app, the book, you, Moody Instagram page, where can we find everything? So Moody is Moody Month. So um, the Instagram, Twitter, everything is Moody Month. Um, same with the web platform. And if you go onto the web platform or the Instagram, you'll be able to download the app from both iOS um, App Store and Google Play Store. Um, the book is available wherever you buy books and it's available on Amazon as an audio book as well, um, which is great. <laughs> um, so yeah, everything is Moody Month um, and uh, the book is moody a 21st century hormone guide so you know i would just whatever people are into i would always encourage everyone to just work out if it fits for you <laughs> um, and give it a go brilliant well thank you so much amy and i hope you have a, like an awesome day thank you so much Thank you for listening to speak on make sure you like subscribe and share with your friends family co-workers strangers in the street to find out more about us including our upcoming events head over to instagram instagram.com forward slash speak on underscore bye